welcome to the World Beyond the Tale, the Page Day American Gods podcast. I'm your host, James, and today we're reading page 23. Transferred his glance to the man in the pale suit. Mr. Wednesday? He seemed to be asleep. Shadow stood up, grabbed his bag, and stepped off the plane, down the steps onto the slick, wet tarmac, walking at an even pace toward the lights of the terminal. A light rain spattered his face. Before he went inside the airport building, he stopped and turned and watched. No one else got off the plane. The ground crew rolled the steps away, the door was closed, and it taxied off down the runway. Shadow stared at it until it took off, then he walked inside to the budget car rental desk, the only one open, and he rented what turned out when he got to the parking lot to be a small red Toyota. Shadow unfolded the map they had given him. He spread it out on the passenger seat. Eagle Point was about 250 miles away, most of the journey on the freeway. He had not driven a car in three years. The storms had passed, if they had come this far. It was cold and clear. Clouds scudded in front of the moon, and for a moment, Shadow could not be certain whether it was the clouds or the moon that was moving. He drove north for an hour and a half. It was getting late. He was hungry, and when he realized how hungry he really was, he pulled off at the next exit and drove into the town of Nataman, Pop 1301. He filled the gas tank of the Amico and asked the bored woman at the cash register where the best bar in the area was, somewhere that he could get something to eat. Jack's Crocodile Bar, she told him. It's west on Country Road N. Crocodile Bar? Yeah, Jack says they had character. She drew him a map on the back of a mauve flyer, which advertised a chicken roast to raise money for a young girl who needed a new kidney. He's got a couple of crocodiles, a snake, one of them big lizard things. An iguana? That's him. Through the town, over a bridge, on for a couple of miles, and he stopped at a low rectangular building with an illuminated Pabst sign and a Coca-Cola machine by the door. And that's our page. If you hear rattling in the background, it's because my recording space has a bat. Also, I was distracted by the bat and I have not opened my notes yet. I guess I'll be a good host and open my notes. Give me just a second... So this week will actually bring us to the end of our final, uh, not our final chapter. This week will bring us to the end of our first chapter, so that is exciting. There was a word I didn't note before. Da, 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 da. Scudded in front of the moon. Okay. So, up to this point in the story, Shadow's been sort of buffeted by the world and going with the flow of everything. He left prison early to go to Laura's funeral. He rented a car here, though, which is the, one of the first actions he really takes on his own. Before this, he was kind of running from terminal to terminal. He went from his seat in uh, coach to his seat in first class, although you wouldn't have to push me there. That would be a-okay. And here he makes a decision and rents a car to get away from Wednesday. It's small, but it's it's the first time he's taking some action on his own. Storm is past, and he drives past. He drives to the first town we get name of Nataman, population one thousand three hundred and one. And I thought at this point I would kind of look at the towns that Shadow drives through and see what their population is now. And Nataman does not have a population because it's not a real town. There's an old English folk song entitled Nottaman Town, and it dates back to probably the 1300s, it looks like. 
The song traveled to America during colonial times, and it was considered lost until it was rediscovered in the Appalachian region of the United States uh, sometime in the early 1900s. There's a whole history to it. Um, I don't want to get into the weeds too much on that. Bob Dylan used the melody for his song Masters of War in 1963. The original song itself is pretty nonsensical, although maybe not so much nonsensical as oxymoronic at times. The top pair of lines I read that I liked was, I bought me a quart to drive gladness away and to stifle the dust for it rained the whole day. Irony right there. Everyone loves irony. Alanis Morissette really loves, well, what she thinks to be irony, I suppose. Wikipedia suggests that the song itself could be a reference to the English Civil War from 1642 to 1651, or it could be just a general reference to what were known as Mummer's Plays, popular touring folk troops. Now, this version of Nottoman Town is performed by Jean Ritchie, who's often known as the mother of folk or mother of American folk music. And I did say before that Bob Dylan used the melody for the song. There's apparently a, some small controversy that he actually used her melody specifically and then did not credit her. I could talk about how I understand folk music to work and how this is a fairly common practice, but at the same time, Bob Dylan never shied away from talking about his male influences, and there's just, I mean, if you look at his early albums, there's so many uh, shout-outs to various folk artists. I felt it would be disingenuous not to at least mention it. Recorded in 1951, I don't have an album because the version I found was part of a collection of, of uh royalty-free music. So, let's see here. It said, clouds scudded in front of the moon. Scudded. Move fast in a straight line because or as if driven by the wind. That's another, that's a word I didn't really notice before. Looks like it comes from English. Hmm. This is really where I need to do my research better. Uh, comes from English. Scut, race like a hare, and sometime in the mid-16th century, it was altered and then used in the same way. Not a whole lot else. We get directions to Jack's Crocodile Bar, and in Chapter 2, we'll spend a bit of time there. Um, there's discussion of mead, so I'll be breaking out my mead while I record, and that'll be fun for everybody, I bet chicken dinner fundraiser for a girl who needed a new kidney. So 2000-2001, people still couldn't afford medical treatment in this country. That's great. Where I grew up, it wouldn't have been chicken. It would probably have been a spaghetti dinner. Or maybe kielbasa? Whatever the Knights of Columbus or a similar local group would have put on. Probably, though, spaghetti. Maybe ooh, pancakes. God damn, it's 5.50 in the morning, I'm starving. It's one of those things, though, when I read the first time, or maybe 
I guess I can't say the first time because I don't remember it specifically, but it rings true to me as someone who grew up in a rural town in Massachusetts. We were a little more artsy than a place that would have Jack's Crocodile Bar, but at the same time, I wouldn't be entirely surprised if something like that had sprung up since I left. But I think that's about it for the page. Get in touch with us at theworldbeyondthetale at gmail.com or on Twitter at worldbeyondpod. I'd like to say thank you to Julian Granganage for his version of St. James Infirmary Blues, we use as our theme song. Thank you for listening. I'll be back tomorrow for another page. And remember, only the gods are real. <laughs>